Tonight, the Zodiac Killer. Can you imagine if your 17-year-old son or 16-year-old daughter went on a first date and never came home? On Newsworthy, two words and two question marks. Scoured the podcast world and finally found us. Newsworthy with Steve and Jerry, where we delve into all things mysterious, macabre, or out of this world and decide if they are truly newsworthy. Two words and two question marks. Why should you work with Ed Locke? A better question is, why wouldn't you work with him? He is a proud to support an amazing lender, USA Mortgage. When you work with them, you can expect a home financing experience that is free of hassles and headaches. They have complete control over your loan due to in-house operations such as processing, underwriting, closing, and funding. USA Mortgage represents a lot of fantastic things but they are especially thrilled to partner in several community outreach programs, including Habitat for Humanity, Home Sweet Home, Veterans Community Project, and many, many more. They love going to work every day, which means they love working for you. Ed wants to be your lender for life, so reach out to him today and get the journey started. If you would like more information, please reach out to Edlock at area code 502-680-0953. NMLS 448-908, USA Mortgage NMLS 227-262. USA Mortgage is an equal housing lender. This is not a commitment to lend. Additional terms and conditions may apply. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Good afternoon, Mr. Jerry. How hello, are you? Hello, Mr. Steve. I'm great and getting better. Sweet. That's Absolutely. Awesome. That you know, it is. The miracle of modern podcasting. Do you know what I'm doing right now? What are you doing right now? At this time, today, Wednesday, I am on a cruise ship in the Caribbean. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> the... Miracles of modern technology, right? I love it. <laughs> and I'm just going to pretend right now for a second. Just follow me. Okay. I am on the Lido deck. I have a red, frozen, alcoholic concoction that is delicious. And I'm wearing some swim trunks and a Hawaiian shirt, just so you know. Is it one of those, the drinks you're holding, is it one of those fruity drinks that your mother-in-law would say means you have forfeited your man card? Yep. Yeah. But we're not going to tell her. Red with a little yes. umbrella in it. Yeah, and she doesn't listen to our podcast. <laughs> uh, Mike does, but her she doesn't. Does, so yes, uh, uh, we're not going to tell her, and I'm going to keep my man she card, and I'm going to enjoy this beautiful drink. <laughs> and the cruise. Yes. So what a way to start the show, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> You can elaborate so the people that listen occasionally won't be like, what the hell is he talking <laughs> yeah. about? Uh, we're pre-recording this episode this week. Um, that we are. Just so that I can take a vacation and uh, Jerry can take a vacation from seeing my pretty face. And but yet still come out with an episode on Wednesday afternoon. Absolutely. Always do. This is what we like to call dedication. That's right. Dedication to our craft. Dedication to our listeners. Dedication to the world of the macabre. One thing you gotta, if you're gonna say, but one thing, it's that we're dedicated right now, which is really, there's a lot of truth in that. A yeah. year and going on a year and a half, yeah. we've not missed one. Yeah. So we enjoy it. Uh, I wouldn't want to miss, you know, there's some health things going on that may force me to miss in the future, but uh, I, I, I really, really enjoy doing our podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So. And somewhere along the line, all you can do is control what you can control. So we'll, we'll try to do that. And if something comes up we can't control, well, guess what? We can't control that. Right. 
So you're weak since yesterday. <laughs> it's, it's been, been wonderful. pretty good. Oh, it's certainly good to hear. I tell you what I would like though, Jerry. What would you like? I would love to get a job that I could sleep. Oh, you and me both. Shoot. It would be a dream job. Oh. <laughs> Wouldn't it though? Says the man that getting ready to leave for the cruise. Yeah, that that one's for you, Brett, because I know you just played baseball right then. <laughs> well, I've got one that I think you'll not only like. I think it's right. Uh, I think it's well themed for our show. Oh, people are always asking where is Bigfoot. People yeah. are never asking how is Bigfoot. Yeti never complains. <laughs> It's one of those things that makes you go, hmm. Mm, yes, yes. Whew, that's good. That was that was your that was a good re re comeback from two weeks ago and that terrible dad joke you had. Terrible. Which one was that? I don't know. It was so bad I forgot it Exactly. T minus one day. It was, <laughs> it was gone. You're always a little jelly when I come out with my bad oh, jokes. Gosh. That's not <laughs> the word I would use. Anyway, so last week we did uh, a serial killer that most people had never heard of. That we did. Um, What was his name? Mac Ray Edwards. Yes. Crazy guy and and one of those people that you would never suspect. Suspect. You look at at him, him. looking at the way he lives. Yeah. His family, nice, friendly people. Yep. So bizarre and crazy is. That was tonight, and we actually had two serial. So we're doing another serial killer tonight. They were we're doing them back to back, but we had them originally planned on one show, and that just wouldn't do either of them uh, justice at all. Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't do the families of the victims justice, if you will. Um, I don't give a hot crap about these guys or giving Um, them justice, (laughs) but but the story. The story to be told right. at least halfway correctly. We hope we try to do it justice. Yeah, and tonight we're going to talk a one that has been talked about that has uh, been in movies, multiple movies. Dirty Harry was based on this. Um, uh, it's the opposite of the one last night that no one had ever heard of. Yeah. This one, most people have heard of, and they've heard of him because of the serial killer himself and what he would do to get that attention. Yep. Um, tonight we're going to be talking about the Zodiac Killer. Uh, back in 1968 to 1969 in San Francisco Bay Area, um, five confirmed dead, uh, two escaped with their lives, uh, barely. And barely, and claimed to have killed 37. Uh, yep. Now, why you would want to brag about that, I just don't know. Bragging is a whole lot of what this man did. Uh, yes, he did. Just a nasty. Now, most people, I'll cover the basics. Uh, most people know at least the lore behind the Zodiac. But we'll cover the basics, and then we're going to focus some on the on the ciphers and, and the, the misspellings and some of the the good and the bad of what he was. Was he trying to be... Um, but we're really going to also focus on some of the suspects because the Zodiac Killer, by all intents and purposes, has never been, was, was never arrested, was never identified. Um, a few months ago, even, a group of local sleuths threw another name in the pot, um, and some of the other older researchers are like, yeah, it's a lot of circumstantial stuff. Uh, I have my pick is who I think it was. We'll cover who you think it was. No, I don't know. You don't have a clue? There's one of the more popular suspects that I think has been ruled out. Yeah. And that's about as far as I can go with it. Yeah. So, but uh, this is one of the few serial killers where people got away alive and actually gave a description, and he still wasn't caught, which is just All bizarre All these to me. years later. Yeah. 50, what'd you count up earlier? 53 years, something like that? Yeah. And you're talking about how that people are still involved. This guy, as you mentioned, had ciphers that he would often release. Yeah. Uh, he actually released four of those. Two have never been deciphered. Still. One was deciphered like a week after it came out, the very first one. Apparently, he was just starting <laughs> off in cryptology. It got broken in a week. 
the next one took 51 years from 1969 Gee. until 2020. So there people are still trying to break the ciphers. The and as two. of 2020, they did break the second. There's still two left that is still unbroken. Do you think that I don't think that this guy, and we'll get into some of the, the ins and outs of him a little bit, but I don't think that those are fake either. Like, yeah. I don't think, I think that there's a true cipher there. Oh, there is. You know the two saying? that have been broken. The first one wasn't very good. It was broken within a couple of, uh, yeah. uh, seven days a week yeah. by a couple of amateurs. Yeah. Uh, the other one, yeah, it, it was really good. I mean, yeah. it, it, supercomputers have worked on it for years and never been able to break it. FBI uh, cryptologists have worked on it for many years and haven't been able to break it, and it was broken in 2020. Yeah, I just, you know, sometimes sometimes in our office we'll put, like, numbers around of things and we'll leave out some numbers so they're looking for something that's not actually there. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. Just, just to uh, uh, annoy people. I don't think that these last two ciphers are that. I think they are real, and oh, at absolutely. some point... At some point in the future, we will break them. So a little backstory about Zodiac, just for those people who have never heard about this. So the Zodiac Killer is a pseudonym for an unidentified serial killer who operated in Northern California in the late 1960s. The case has been described, and this is coming from Wikipedia, the case has been described as some of the most famous unsolved murders in American history. Uh, Zodiac murdered five known victims in the San Francisco Bay Area between 1968 and 1969. He operated in rural, urban, and suburban areas, mainly targeting couples, which is a different MO than a lot of people, uh, or a lot of serial killers, and one lone male cab driver. Uh, his known attacks took place in Napa County, in San Francisco proper, he had two victims that he had wounded that actually survived. Zodiac claimed to have murdered 37 other victims. And we'll get to real quick how he claimed to have done that. Uh, and Because he had a direct link, if you will, to the local newspapers. Um, but he has been linked to several cold, case, cold cases in Southern California and a few outside of the state. Zodiac coined his own name in this particular because he would send letters and cards to the regional newspapers, and they made sure that they printed it because, first of all, they thought the threat was real, and he would threaten to go on killing sprees or even bomb, bomb you know, have bombings if they did not print his letters. Some of the letters included cryptograms or ciphers, which we just talked about a little bit in which he claimed that he was collecting victims as slaves for the afterlife. And as you suggested, uh, there were four ciphers. We'll get back to that in a second. And, and I'll let you cover the, the, the variances of the ciphers because they're kind of weird or neat. Um, and I think that, it, that it, above everything else with this killer, those ciphers is what makes him stand apart. And the fact he was so taunting, he would literally would taunt the police. You know, a lot of these guys, the BTK killer did the same thing. He taunted the police and eventually he messed up. But we are right back in the late 60s. Uh, Fingerprinting was just becoming a thing. They were just starting to understand the very basics of DNA. Right. Um, So... He had a lot going for him. As far, I, I don't think that this same guy could operate in today's world and not get caught. Well, we also, excuse me, mentioned yesterday that one thing that happens in today's world that would prevent that one and this one from happening is everybody has got cameras. Yeah, there's webcams. There, there's security cameras. There's doorbell cams, and in several instances, the Zodiac killer would leave the place of the crime and go to within a few blocks of the police station to a, a payphone and call and have a two, three, four, five-minute phone call taunting, yeah. as you said, the police. Yeah, You can't do that in today's world. No. You can't get anywhere near anywhere in a, 
urban area without being on 14 different cameras yeah. that are going to identify you. And so, this yeah. guy was so adamant about the taunting, was so, it was almost like he was killing to do that. You know, let's talk some about the victims. Uh, David Faraday, Betty Lou Johnson, Jensen, excuse me, were shot and killed December 20th, 1968 uh, in Benicia. Uh, David was 17, Betty Lou was 16. Uh, Michael Magoo, 19, Darlene Farron were shot in 1969 on July 4th. Um, Magoo survived the attack. Farron, excuse me, was pronounced dead on arrival at Kaiser Kaiser Foundation Hospital. Uh, Brian Hartnell and Cecilia Shepard, 22 and 20 respectively, were stabbed. That's another thing that was different. He didn't have a very particular MO, stabbing, shooting, shooting. He didn't really care um, whatever the opportunity was granted. Uh, they were stabbed on September 27, 1969 in Napa County. Hartnell survived this time. Shepard, unfortunately, died as a result of her injuries a couple of days later. And Pauline, Paul Lee Stein, 29, was shot and killed in October 11th in Presidio Heights, um, and he was the cab driver. So that was the, the five that were confirmed dead, the two injured. Uh, and again, if you were to believe the Zodiac, there was at least 20 to 28 more dead uh, that he took credit for. Uh, um, so anyway, what do you think drives a person like this, Jerry? Just out of your out of your gut, tell me what you think. The I think he became in his mind a celebrity. Yeah, uh, a taunting, as you mentioned repeatedly, was a huge part of what he was doing. Um, I, you know, he said in different letters, and in both of the two ciphers that have been broken, he referred to the slaves in the afterlife. So who knows what, what that's based upon. I've not heard of any religion, anything no. to back that up or that that goes along with. But I think that probably has something to do with it. Keep in mind, these guys are friggin' lunatics in the first place. You can't do what these people do and not be a raging lunatic. The fact that they are able to live in society among us, and as we talked about last night, to blend in so well is Truly scary. So I have here a copy of the cipher, the first one that was broken. And I'll read it online just to give people an idea of the kind of things you're talking about. This is the breakdown of the cipher that was broken in 1969, the one that was broken in seven days. I like killing people because it is so much fun. It is more fun than killing wild game in the forest because man is the most dangerous animal of all to kill something that gives me the most thrilling experience. It is even better than getting your rocks off with a girl. The best part of it is when they die, I will be reborn in paradise, and all that I have killed will become my slaves. I will not give you my name because you will try to slow down or stop my collection of slaves for the afterlife. And then it has some other world word that the I, last 14 or 18 digits. letters are not part of it's just gibberish yeah which they and, think was trying an effort to make it harder to decode this decode this off cipher and I, I had a hard time reading that because it was the the cipher was printed as written so one of the things that this man either couldn't do or chose not or chose to do intentionally was the spelling was terrible, horrible, terrible. Especially when when you consider the basic mathematical genius level that is required to write ciphers, two of which have still not been deciphered. Uh, Maybe we ought to put bread on it. The, the <laughs> third one was deciphered in twenty twenty by four or five dudes around the world that were working together for years. One was at MIT. 
uh, professor. Another was a mathematician out of Great Britain, if I recall. But yeah, the fact that he was apparently so good at ciphers and so horrible at spelling. You know, some of the words, what are some of the misspelled words there that you're reading? Okay, so some of the, just as an example, I'll scroll through it real fast. Uh, dangerous was misspelled. Animal was misspelled. Uh, forest was misspelled. Not difficult words. No. Um, slow was misspelled. Collection was misspelled. Um, and that's just the ones I see right off the top. Uh, yeah. That's and some of the others, here's a few that I made a note of. Need. Yeah. N-E-A-D instead of N-E-E-D. Front. Awfully. Paradise. Misspelled all of those. And again, as we were saying, if you misspell that in part of your cipher, okay, maybe you're trying to intentionally misspell to make it harder to decipher it. This guy would have mistakes in the cipher. He would have mistakes in the first part. They're just plain text when he was writing to the police. Dear Mr. Policeman, and he would misspell dear. Uh, really weird. Yeah. So here is the cipher that was broken in 2020. Yep. And again, horribly They think misspelled. one word is put in the wrong place, too. But anyway, go ahead and read yeah. it. So it says... I hope you are having lots of fan in trying to fun, yeah, they yeah, yeah, and trying to catch me. That wasn't me on the TV show, which bringo up a point about me. I'm not afraid of the gas chamber because because it will send me to paradise all the sooner because now I have enough slaves to work for me where everyone else has nothing when they reach paradise. So they are afraid of death. I am not afraid because I now know my new life will be easy one in a paradise death. <laughs> and death, they think, belongs. If you look at the original cipher, they think it belongs one line up. Yeah. So, uh, and again, terrible spelling. Now, terrible. Do you want to see the key to that cipher? Yeah. Here's why it was hard to break. Here's the original thing he wrote. Here's the key. Wow. Look at A, B, and C. Just those Jeez. three. He's terrible. And here is, it's the difference between a straight line uh, insertion and a harmonic. A involves one, two, three, four, five, six characters. B is one. C is two. D is two. E is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten characters to write the letter E. So it becomes really hard, really difficult to, uh, especially when you combine all that with several misspellings, it becomes incredibly difficult. It took, again, 51 years from 1969 until 2020 to decipher the one that you just read. It's insane. It is. It's and again, insane. those two that you just read is the only two. Right. There's, There's four. Still two, There's two more. That have never been deciphered. Now, are they? I guess that the the ciphers themselves, the the letters totally, are everything totally different. different. Everything's wow. different. Wow, the scheme, the way you approached it, everything about it. And between the first two, that's all we know. Yeah. When you the, the second one that you read, when sure. he's talking about uh, that he's not Sam, you're going to explain that a little bit. What he's talking about there. Uh, you want me to? Yeah, go ahead. Earlier, he had written uh, a plain uh, open, not, not a cipher. He had written, written an open letter to the police and asked them on a local call-in show. There was a couple of people that he liked, apparently, that he listened to, and he asked for one or both of them to be available on a certain night. One of them was on. Uh, someone called in on the radio show. They... The caller, the the person at the radio show they were talking to, asked them to come up with another nickname, if you will, that wasn't as scary as the Zodiac Killer. The guy said, "Call me Sam." Uh, he's like he's th this a big part of that second cipher that they deciphered is him saying that was not me. Yeah. I am not Sam. That was not yeah. me. Which the police already knew because they had traced that back, and it was some guy at an insane asylum. Eric Wheel. 
police yeah. already knew that it was not the real Zodiac. He was a guy that was committed to an insane asylum and was not out walking the streets. Yeah. Now, the weird thing about, and, and probably the hard thing, when you get to have a, a killer who is A, on the loose, and B, as flamboyant, if you will, as taunting, if you will, and newsworthy. <laughs> How about that? There you go. That's the way to work that in. Yeah. As the Zodiac Killer, the unfortunate part of that is sometimes you get copycats. And they know of at least two copycat Zodiac Killers. One was in New York City. Uh, that man went by the name of Herberto Seda. Um, they caught him. Um, and then there was a Japanese Zodiac copycat killer who was known for the Kobe child murders. Um, and uh, that guy was never caught. There was also a, a French one, and we're going to get to him in just a little bit later because there was a guy that, um, which is what I want to spend most of our time with today is, is some of the suspects and why they were suspects. And um, again, we could spend days literally going into and in all of the different murder situations because this guy was not a, a, a Ted Bundy in and out. And, and, you know, he does this thing and he leaves. This guy would oftentimes drive up to the car, look around, drive off, and then drive back to the car and do the murder. Yep. Um, you know, it was, we could talk for days about the the many different ways and because he had two different victims from two different crime scenes who both kind of got a look at him <laughs> um which just makes me even more like what <laughs> you know it makes me shake my head anymore but they got a lot of what he would do prior you know to actually coming up and and, and doing the attack it's like he came up he's seen them he's like okay they're my victims now I got to go build up my nerve to make this happen. Yep. You know, it was bizarre. And we could talk for days, but there's been a hundred documentaries over what and the hows. But I, I really want to talk about some of the potential, potential guys. So I mentioned to you a, a little earlier that back in 2021, a group calling themselves the Case Breakers announced that they had found the true identity of the, the Zodiac Killer. Uh, the group was compromised of four, 40 former police officers, journalists, military intelligence personnel, assert that the notorious killer was in fact a man named Gary Francis Post. Post apparently shared certain identifying marks with the Zodiac, such as a forehead scar, shoe size, and one witness spoke to the team said he saw Post burying weapons in the woods. <laughs> um the casebreakers also report that uh, one of the former neighbors of Post is now convinced he was, in fact, the serial killer. He calls him being very controlling and abusive to his wife. He lived a double life. He says, as, a, as I'm an adult, thinking back, it makes a lot of sense now. When I was a teenager, I didn't put it all together until I got older. Then it hit me, that guy, Gary's the Zodiac. Much of the investigative team, however, hinges on DNA found at the site of Sherry Jo Bates' 1966 murder in Riverside. The case that the case breakers say that that DNA matches Post, but, police, but the police maintain that Bates wasn't a, was not a victim of the Zodiac. Um, only five murders are considered to be confirmed Zodiac slaves. Those are, and we, we covered those, Mr. Faraday, Ms. Jensen, Ms. Shepard, Mr. Stein, and Ms. Farad. Um, announcements like, yeah, uh, like from the 20, 2021, excuse me, uh, are not new. Many people have came out in documentaries and said, this person is definitely that. This person is that. The truth is, sure. there aren't enough, there's not enough evidence for any police agency that is actively investigating or has this in the cold case file that will target one of these individuals. Yep. So we've talked about Mr. Post a little bit. The next one is Jack Terrence. Now, there's a side-by-side -side on this particular article that I'm reading, and I'm reading this article from KQED <laughs> website. 
Um, and it's written by Ray Alexander, just to give them credit. But Jack Terrence, in 2007, a man named Dennis Kaufman accused his stepfather, Jack Terrence, of being the Zodiac Killer. He handed over several of his stepdad's belongings to the FBI, including writing samples, a bloody knife, a black hood with Zodiac symbol on it, and a camera rolls. Sacramento, CBS 13 featured a CBS 13 News featured a news report at the time that described images from one of the rolls as gruesome. Kaufman asserted that Terrence had also killed his wife, his mother, and had shared a phone conversation. This is the creepy part. Uh, that he had recorded when he was having a conversation with Terrence. And he said, if I wrote a book and said, I think my stepdad is the Zodiac killer, they wouldn't effing believe me anyway. In response, Terrence laughed and replied, why would you put that I think on there? <laughs> if that's not creepy, I don't know what it's it is. Very creepy. Yeah. Uh, Terrence died in 2006. He had been in the Air Force, the Navy. He was actually in the Navy when he was trained in, guess what, Jerry? Cryptography. Cryptograms and codes used by the Zodiac in his letters to the press. One forensic expert, Nadette Bartow, actually believed that Terrence and the Zodiac's handwriting to be an exact match. In 2019, the FBI FBI compared, compared Terrence's DNA with that of the Zodiac, but the results were inconclusive, which is why that was never brought up. The next one was Guy Ward Hendrickson. In 2015, Hendrickson's daughter, Deborah Perez, claimed that she had assisted her stepfather in writing the Zodiac's infamous letters, including cipher letters to the San Francisco Chronicle. She also had sewn one of the masks that the killer wore. Perez's assertions were backed by a lawyer named Kevin McLean. He investigated her claims about her dad. Hendrickson, McLean colluded, was a Jekyll and Hyde. He was nuts. He set out to kill people. Some of these killings were not random. Perez's sister, Janice Hick, Hendrickson, excuse me, uh, strongly said that Perez was not telling the truth. She told the Chronicle her father was bullheaded, he had a temper, and he did hit us. He slapped the crap out of us, but she just couldn't believe that he killed people. Um, Perhaps one of the most famous uh, uh, suspects coming up is Arthur Lee Allen. If you've watched the movie Zodiac, (laughs) <laughs> this is the guy that David Fincher's 2007 movie pointed the finger at. Uh, also in Robert Grace Smith's 1986 book of the same name, Alan is probably the best-known Zodiac killer suspect. He was a problem child who relatives say killed animals for fun. Red flag! Bing, 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 bing! <laughs> uh, he grew up to be a convicted child molester. He was dishonorably discharged from the Navy in 1958. Not only was Allen positively identified by Mike Magoo, who survived the attack, he had a voice and appearance that another survivor, Mr. Hartnell, said were very similar to the killer. Allen also shared the same glove size and shoe size as the murderer. What's the, what did they say in OJ's case? If the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. One thing I'll mention about shoe size, this is the second person I think you mentioned right. that shared the shoe size. Yeah. It was 10 and a half. I wear a 10 and a half. The most common shoe size <laughs> for an adult male in the United States of America. Far and away, the number one shoe size. So yeah. that's kind of like saying, well, we're pretty sure he drove either a Chevrolet or General Motors <laughs> or a General Motors or Ford product. Yeah. It doesn't give you a lot to work with. Yeah. Allen was also in the vicinity of several of the murders when they took place. And the only day off from work he took in 1966, 1966, excuse me, was the day that Sherry Jo Bates had been killed. There's Miss Sherry Jo again, who wasn't even considered one of the Zodiac's um, victims. 
Allen also owned a typewriter of the same brand that the Zodiac used, and a car regularly drove was similar, and there you go, <laughs> to the one spotted at the scene of Darlene Farron's murder. An associate of Allen's, Raph, Ralph Spinelli, claimed Allen had admitted being the Zodiac. Another friend, Donald Cheney, told police that Allen had often spoken of the desire to kill people. Allen was interviewed by police, but ultimately cleared as a suspect through a combination of DNA samples and other forensic evidence. His fingerprints, palm prints, and handwriting did not match the Zodiacs. Despite this, some of the police working at the case was convinced Allen was their man. Allen died in 1992 of a heart attack in his home in Vallejo. One thing you didn't mention, he also had a Zodiac watch that was yeah. given to him by his mother yeah. that had the the circle, the, the crosshairs oh, wow. that came to be symbolizing of his, the, the main Zodiac sign. Yeah, and creepy. it was on the face of the watch. But yeah, he... There's you named all the evidence that he might have been. There's an absolute ton of evidence that, that this says guy he wasn't. that says he was not. Fingerprints that they got from yeah. several did not match. DNA, DNA even today they got this guy's DNA because he was also convicted uh, convicted child molester. Right. They had his DNA did, didn't match any evidence. They're, right. they're just a handwriting samples did not match. Right. Right. Yeah. In 2004, there was another. Uh, uh, suspect that was brought okay. up. His name was Earl Van Best Jr. And Jerry, Over from three names from last week, <laughs> what did we learn? Three names means you're guilty. Four, you're just straight to the electric chair. Right. We don't even have to look at the evidence. Earl Van Best Jr. In 2014, Gary Stewart released a book co-written by Susan Mustafa, uh, The Most Dangerous Animal of All. It asserted that his biological father, Earl Van Best, was, in fact, the Zodiac Killer. Stewart was raised by adoptive parents, reached his conclusion after being contacted by his birth mother and researching his birth father. In addition to having handwriting and facial scars, Van Best bore a resemblance to the police sketch of the Zodiac. Stewart also routinely, resolutely believes he successfully cracked the Zodiac cipher, and that Earl Van Best's name is hidden plainly within it. Stewart further claims that a DNA, a DNA test comparing the Zodiacs to Van Best was unable to exclude Van Best as a suspect. So I guess there's layers to the, the DNA test. Either it's conclusive, it's inconclusive. Well, it will usually even give a percent. Right, if I'm right. Not mistaken. Today's we think world. It is, yeah. today, exactly. And I have no idea when the test that he's referring to is done. Uh, in 2020, FX adopted the book as a four-part documentary. Uh, Stewart's mother got into detail saying Ben, ben Best. She got involved with him when she was 14. He was 27. She said he was very abusive. Stewart initially made some convincing arguments about his father. But at the end of the series, there are enough holes in the theory that they don't believe that Van Best was actually the murderer. Which brings me to Joseph Giuseppe Bellevoquois. Okay. <laughs> How about that? I'm glad you had to pronounce that. Bellevoquois. Bellevoquois is an alleged to have confessed to a journalist to be in both the Zodiac Killer and the monster of Florence who killed 14 people in Italy between 1974 and 1985, long after he'd stopped killing in Northern California. Wasn't this guy also one of the suspects in our last murder mystery? No, I would have remembered that name. You just want me to say the name again, don't you? (laughs) Yeah. People from Kentucky can't say that word easily, Jerry. (laughs) Especially you've done a far better job of it than I could have. Um, however, uh, Bellevoquois quickly recanted those statements. He was burnt, born in New Jersey, spent 20 years in the Army, and is said to have worked as a CID agent in San Francisco, guess when? The 1960s. He moved to Florence in 1974, the same year that Zodiacs in his final, final letter to the San Francisco Chronicle. It was also the same year that the first 
monster of Florence killing occurred in Italy. Bellevoix handwriting said that is said to have bared a strong resemblances resemblance to that of Zodiac. And one translation of the Zodiac's cipher found the word Bellevoix within it. Uh, some true crime sleuths have also taken Zodiac's reference to water in his final letter to the Chronicle as being the billowy wave as a nod, as a <clears throat> excuse me a nod to the aqua in Bellevoix's last name. The Florence Public Prosecuting Office and acquired Bellevoix. Gosh, that name's in there a lot. Yep. They they they, um, they got his DNA in late 2020, meaning there may be yet another Zodiac killer named soon. So that is a rundown of the different people that could be that could be the That's the best list that anyone has put together of the potentials for the Zodiac killer. Now, are any of those still alive today? No, they're all dead. They're all, which all means been. other than amateurs, I wonder how much police time is actually being spent on it. Because what, when was the year of the last death? 69? 69 for the Zodiac. And if you want to attach Bellevoix and the, the, uh, what he was doing in, uh, or supposedly doing in Florence as the monster of Florence, 1985. So back to the, Five deaths and two attempted murders. That was, they know that he did 69. You're looking at 54 years. Odds are this guy's dead. Yeah. Even if he's one of those or not. And when the two victims that survived said that the killer at the time was between 20 and 30, the 20s, late 20s, early 30s in that that age range. So, yeah, he's... If he's not, he's seventies, early to mid eighties. Yeah. So, so of those people and just the evidence that we have here, what do you think? What's your what's your what's your ballpark? What's your I guess? did read enough that Arthur Lee Allen did not do it. Right. He he is the biggest suspect. There was a lot of circumstantial evidence. There's just too much evidence that he didn't do it. Um, from the DNA evidence, the fingerprints that didn't match, the handwriting. The fact that he does not resemble at all the police sketch of the guy. Uh, there are just way too many things. There's no correlation between the Zodiac letters and the handwriting that he submitted or any that they had found on him. It just I do not believe he is the one. Other than that, a case can be made for the other four. Yeah, I have two very strong candidates, Okay, in my opinion. Now, I am not an investigator. I am not a police officer. Right. Um, but I think that Jack Terrence um, is probably my number two pick. Um, oh, I figured he'd be number one. No, no. He's number two, but a strong number His son two. saying what he son did about law. him. Oh, son-in-law. Yeah. His son-in-law saying what he did about him is certainly very... Quite convincing. If if the recorded, if I could see proof of the recorded conversation and him actually oh, yes, saying yes. that, I thought that at the time he's saying that he said this exactly without saying it. Are you just trying to get your fifteen minutes of fame? Right, basically, yeah. Um, so he would be my strong number two. Okay. However, number one, number one has to be, and, and it goes back to what we talked about uh, last week. Serial killers, unless they're caught or killed, usually just don't stop killing. Right. Um, and that's why I think that my pick, if I were going to pick someone, would be Joseph Giuseppe Belvilqua. <laughs> I hate saying that name because I get it worse every Let time. Me, uh, I don't, for everyone listening, I'm not for sure he really believes that. He just wanted to say the name again. No, that's not true. <laughs> But and the reason I say that is is because people just don't quit you, when you get a taste for this. We've done enough of these at this point. This isn't something unless you get help like Mike Ray did last week. <coughs> and by get help, I mean you turn yourself get into the police because you you you're you're done. 
screwed up. And These people don't quit. So it makes sense that <laughs> Bill Bill I can't even say it now. You're still doing far better with it than I can. <laughs> we'll just say that uh Joseph. There you go. Um the timelines match up so perfectly. You know what I'm saying? For him to leave the last when he the year he left was the last year that San Francisco got a letter. It was also the first year that the monster of Florence committed their first murder. To me, that is that circumstantial, obviously, but man, that is some real hard circumstantial <laughs> evidence. <laughs> it would be interesting to know how many of these people they had DNA from right. that they could run today's with today's technology. Sure. Well, they just got his in 2020, but we've not heard anything about it. In fact, let me just Google that because why not? Why did they only get his DNA in 2020? Don't know. It doesn't say, to be honest, Jerry. I mean, yeah, there's no way of knowing. Could be a million reasons. It could be that he's a suspect and they decided to dig him up. Who knows? <sighs> well, at any rate. <sighs> Scary stuff. It is. And it goes back to what we talked about some last week. You just never know who your neighbor is, even if you know your neighbor. You know, in, in today's society, especially in America, most people don't know. They may know their immediate neighbor, but the next house down, most people don't even know those folks. Names are much about them at all. Yeah. Right? Maybe sometimes not even what they look like. <laughs> yeah. We're really scared. Yeah. So, you know... It's uh, insane. So anyway, we hope you've enjoyed talking a little bit about Zodiac Killer today. I really feel like we could literally spend an entire series oh, sure. for weeks covering Zodiac. Um, and some of these topics we talk about are just so big, so massive, and they've been covered so much. It's, it's almost we can't not talk about them. But at the same time, we even in talking about them, they've had so many angles attacked. How is it, you know, we've, we've had this conversation about certain things that we want to do on the show. One of the future upcoming shows I want to do, we talked about that. It's right. like, what do we add to that? And sometimes it's just rehashing the facts, which is what we did here tonight. So yeah. I hope it was enjoyable to everyone. It's interesting. And I'm sure there's for myself and i'm sure the vast majority of people who haven't dug into this a lot there's a ton of things that you mentioned tonight that they didn't know yeah the first time they heard it I didn't just know because the, the evidence stuff. is available doesn't right. mean that the majority of us have any idea yeah i learned it. stuff tonight i didn't know that there was that many suspects to be honest um so and, and the joseph giuseppe i'm gonna say it one more time mm -hmm. Jim. this is gonna be the last you time to do it huh because you love to Bevel Lacroix. There. Bevel Lacroix. Just call him Aqua. <laughs> Water dude. Aquaman. No, I, I really feel like that's that's the biggest connection. Man, that's just just a not knowing. With with like, you know, yesterday or in last week's show, we talked that there's anywhere from uh, there's usually 150 murders by serial killers in the United States every year. Usually one to fifteen or fifteen to was it thirty serial killers active, something um, like that. Yeah, uh, all the time, every at a time in the United States, and the fact that they could be anywhere and they could be anybody—it's it's truly scary. It is. It is. You mentioned about uh, absolutely, totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> Well, you looked over across the table and you saw me. Oh, the, oh, the horror. Did I have, did I have a really scared face when I did that? Wow. Uh, what the crap was I going to say? Oh, I don't know. It'll come to me as I'm lying in bed, drifting off to sleep tonight. Oh, uh, well. Well, anyway, thank you again for joining us here. Absolutely. Man, that episode is really interesting. 
And if you'll stick around for us for just a few commercials, we have another great story to tell you. Hi, this is Ed Locke with USA Mortgage. When it comes to buying a home, the process can be overwhelming and confusing. With so many options, it can be hard to know where to start. That's why it's important to work with a certified mortgage loan originator. I have the knowledge and expertise to guide you through the process and find the best mortgage option for you. I will work with you every step of the way to ensure that you are getting the best deal possible. So if you're looking to purchase or refinance, please reach out to me at 502-680-0953. So don't take on the stress of buying a home alone. Work with me and I will make your dream a reality. Trust the professionals and make your home buying experience a positive one. MLS ID 448908, DAS Acquisition Company, LLC, doing business as USA Mortgage, MLS ID 227262. This is not a commitment to lend. Additional terms and conditions apply. USA Mortgage is equal housing opportunity. If you want us to review or rate your product on air, if you have suggestions for new episodes, awesome ghost stories, or anything else, please reach out to us. Our email address is newsworthywithstephenjerry at gmail.com. Our text number is area code 540-709-1318. And now, back to the story. For the bonus story today, Jerry, we've covered a lot of people being buried. That we have. This is a little different tonight. We're going to talk about forgotten Appalachian memories. Close to home. Yeah. So, this was an actual recipe written from a grandma to a new bride. Okay. Washing clothes recipe. Imagine having a recipe to wash clothes. Grandmother gave this to a new bride for the wedding. And the following is an exact copy um, that was written, spelling errors and all. And I'm going to try really hard to read this as it is written, okay? Okay. Washing clothes. Build fire in the backyard to heat kettle of rainwater. Set tub so smoke won't blow in your eyes if the wind is pert. Shave one whole cake of lye soap in boiling water. Sort things. Make three piles. One pile white, one pile colored, one pile of work breeches and rags. To make starch, stir in flour in cool water and then smooth, then thin down with boiling water. Take the white things Rub dirty spots on the board, scrub hard, and boil. Then rub colored clothes. Don't boil, just wrench and starch. Take things out of the kettle with a broomstick handle, then wrench and starch. Hang old rags on fence. Spread tea towels on the grass. And pour the wrench water in the flower bed. Scrub the porch with the leftover hot, soapy water, then turn turn the tubs upside down. Go put on a clean dress, smooth smooth your hair with a hair comb, brew a cup of tea, sit back and rock and and spell, and count your blessings. That was via Forgotten Appalachian Memories. Can you (laughs) imagine a recipe for washing clothes? Yep. And Jerry, if you can't see the light, be the light. 